This special 400th episode of the Your Life, Your Term show is with Rizel Furtado. It's actually a conversation between Tom and Rizel, not myself, but Tom is in Croatia, so I'm recording this intro for him. Real estate has taken Rizel and her partner, Ernest Furtado, from Canada to the Azores in Portugal, down to Brazil, and who knows where they'll be next. Rizel is just an incredible practitioner of how to be self-aware enough to understand your own intuition and then follow your own heart and see where it takes you. Seriously, she's an anomaly and we can all learn something powerful from her journey. I think we've all felt on the wrong path at times in life, and it takes the self-awareness that Rizel speaks about to course correct and make the moves that we need to make. Through the podcast, Rizel mentions several inspirations she took from Rockstar, including something so simple as, as some of our stickers that we give out to members. One of those stickers specifically says, without your money working for you, you will never stop working for money. A harsh, tr- a harsh truth of the world. If you're sick and tired of working for for your money and your money not working hard enough for you. Tom and Nick teach a free monthly class on how they began making their money work for them back in their 20s and they are now enjoying the fruit of their labors today. As I record this intro, they're in Croatia enjoying their summer vacation, which they do every summer along with many other mini trips through the year. And what they teach for free in this class is powerful stuff of how they started and how you can take the same journey to be able to live Uh, your life on your own terms. This class is personally what launched my actual, actual uh, action taking in real estate. I highly recommend you sign up for this, this next upcoming class. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain from attending this class and learning from two pros at creating their life on their own terms. Go to rockstarinnercircle.com and click the big red free investor class button to register for the next live training class with Tom and Nick. That's rockstarinnercircle.com and click the big red free investor class button you'll see on the homepage there to register for the next live training class with Tom and Nick. And now Rizel Furtado and her amazing journey. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, I'm sitting here with Rizel Furtado. It is an honor and a privilege because I was just saying you are a bona fide crazy person. And I mean that as the, as the best compliment possible, because ever since meeting you and, uh, your other other half who's not here. Mm-hmm. Do we say his name? Yes. I'm joking. Yes, of course yes. we say He's him. He's bona fide Christian person. <laughs> <laughs> so Ernest is not with us. Correct. But um, he is here in spirit for sure. Absolutely. I, I feel like seeing your adventures through pictures and everything. Come come nice and close to the mic. Sorry. Yeah, that mic you have to speak into. <laughs> you have to. Um, yeah. How long are you, you? So really quickly, just for everyone listening, because you're going to want to hear the story. There's like a Portugal uh, real estate op, uh, you know, story here. There's a Brazil real estate story. There's cleaning pyramids. There's an island off of Brazil. There's old, older American history somewhere involved in here, if I remember correctly. Yes. There's all this wild and wonderful real estate stuff. Um, so let's just kind of walk through this a little bit. Why are you back in Canada right now at all because i feel like seeing the pictures of what you're doing around the world you're living a wonderful life is this to is this a maintenance visit to canada check in with some friends get some paperwork done you know we all have stuff that we need to handle is it that <laughs> one of those kind of visits and then you're bolting out of here again or it's what's mom's 80th that's why so it's a quick visit 
Got it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm taking her back with me for some no. adventure. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, can you tell everyone what you're, what are you up to now? And then we're going to rewind a little bit. Oh, okay. what, what are you doing right now? Where are you living and what are you doing? So life would actually have us in the Azores of all places. Um, and it's one of those things where we didn't plan it. But um, we fell into that, and we are working on a so project. So these are the Portuguese islands. The Portuguese in the islands middle. were specifically in São Miguel, in the middle of the Atlantic. Um, and we have actually two projects that we're working on, and they are connected. They touch. One is eight acres, and the other one—I um, forget what the measurement is—but we can build. We have an existing house, and we can build about three or four more houses on it. And how did you, I always say the Azores, how did you pronounce it? Uh, Azores. Okay, you're probably pronouncing it much more properly. Mm -hmm. I did an emergency landing there with Ruben on our team. We went for a bit of a a boy's trip for his 50th birthday and somebody had their appendix burst on the plane with no doctor on board. We were halfway between, I guess, Newfoundland and the Azores and they did an emergency landing, it was Mm -hmm. chaos. So I just landed and took off. I never actually got to go out of the plane Mm -hmm. there. We had the ambulances waiting for us. Like it was just, it was, yeah, yeah, it was was quite chaotic. Um, But so how did you end up there? That's because Ernest has some fam- Portuguese. His parents were born there, but they immigrated to Brazil. So uh, much of their life, you know, they were between Brazil and Canada. When he was, I believe, 10, they, um, his mother immigrated to Canada with him, and then the father joined two years later. And he never wanted to return to the Azores. He'll be okay with me uh, saying that. Actually, he never wanted to see the Azores. But his mother passed away, and his father was still alive, and I was kind of nudging him, don't you want to see where they came from? Because his father was having um, long-term memory of where he lived specifically in the Azores, like very, very specific details. He just seemed to be recalling this at that phase. And I um, asked him, you know, maybe we should go, like ask your dad a a few more questions. His dad didn't speak English. And we went. And um, he was really happy that he did. But what was really incredible was what the father remembered is what we saw. It was so specific. The description, was like it blew my mind. So I was really happy to be there. I call it a little Garden of Eden. Um, people call it uh, the Hawaii of Europe. And in my mind, I knew I wanted to visit it again, just because we only had, I think it was like two weeks or something like that there. And because thought, you were already over in Europe? No. Or we were you were still just, in that, Canada at that time? We were still living in oh, Canada. Okay, that okay. was a vacation okay. in 2018. Okay. And then we came back after two weeks, and I thought, I'd like to at least see it again and spend a little bit more time. Not very long, right? But get a second chance, because we didn't get to see, you know, all of the tourist attractions. And now here we are. (laughs) I feel like, did you pack up during, was it during, I feel like I remember a picture you sent of suitcases in the airport. Was it around the time of the pandemic? And you just said, we're going on this global adventure? Yes. We left October 9th, 2020. We left Canada. October 9th, 2020. Portugal mainland. And with, with the intent of doing some real estate stuff over there? Yes, we launched um, EXP Realty. We launched the Portugal That's right, part I'd of forgotten. the company. Yeah, the virtual company. So there. you launched EXP Realty in Portugal. In Portugal. Wow. Yeah. And then you went, I remember you were doing some real estate stuff here. I don't know what you want to share mm-hmm. or not. There, I remember there was a building or a property yes. yep. that you did not want to develop. So, Correct. Sold. Sold. That? It's up for sale. It's up for sale yeah. now. Okay. So that's our last asset. Last asset here in, in Canada. Canada. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then you decide what makes a person like you decide they want to go on this kind of adventure where you're like, okay, you know what? Let's go 
Me and Ernest are gonna go off here. We're gonna do some real estate fun in Europe. We have no idea really what we're doing. I'm not trying to say you're not competent. Mm -hmm. I just mean it's brand new, right? It's yes. like a new frontier. What is going through your mind at that time? What what gets a person to that point? Well, I'm gonna go, go, go a bit far back, mm -hmm. but there's a specific answer to that question and I'll hit on it. Um, for me, I, when you walked into the room just now, I said, I, I'm one of these people who said I quit. I was working in the life insurance industry for about 25 years and I knew I had to be somewhere else in life and I didn't know where. And I went on, now I'm one of these people, like I have a friend who calls me, what does he call me? Miss um, Woo Woo. Okay. I'm into in, like a lot of things that, you know, inspiration and more on the spiritual side of yeah. life. I lean Could more. Could be called maybe intuition, spiritual. Yeah. So I had, uh, you know, I've, I've had a long journey with that. And I went on a cruise with a bunch of Hay House authors. And one of the, this was like, you know, the pivotal point in my life. Um, one of the authors said something that really resonated with me, which was, you can quit, you know, so this was all like a part of personal development, right? You can quit and you can move from one thing to another and God will always have your back. And I just knew that I did not belong in this industry any longer, but I wasn't brave enough to mm -hmm. do it. So I quit. I just handed in my resume promptly after the cruise. With no plan. No plan in place. I was recently married to Ernest. I mean, like a few months. And your, your lifestyle required an income still, I would imagine. Yes. Oh, wow. Good for you. Right. So wow. I didn't know anything. You know, I mean, I had RSPs and that was it. And I slept for three months. <laughs> That's part of I was so exhausted. And like I was working from 7.30 a.m. until 10.30 p.m. And I would have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning to speak to staff in France. So Why you were a management type role yes, there? Yes. Oh, it was cr nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. But, I, you know, I'm great. So you weren't living. You were just, it was almost I was like, you were, it was like a zombie existence. <laughs> I totally was. I totally like was. many of us have had. Yes. And you slept for three months. I slept for three months. I was that tired. Um, but anyway, so just to fast track. So then Did I you get up sometimes like 30 minutes. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I know you didn't sleep the whole three months, <laughs> but good for you. Okay. So sorry. Continue. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, fast forward, I learned, uh, I should say we learned that you can self-direct your RSP into mortgages. Mm, that's right. Okay, right. And yes. we started that. Now, you know, that Ernest had been following you guys for a long time. I remember when he told you me, were like this high. We didn't said. know how long he was following us for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, so he, you know, I struggled, like, you know, we bought the building. I thought we would be, but I had the only real estate experience I had was I was single and I was buying and selling, you know, not selling myself, but selling my homes. And that was it. I never rented anything. Rent, renting it was never even on my um, radar. I thought that was nuts to do it. But now I see it's stupid wow. not to do it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so marrying Ernest, who is a realtor. He, and you know, he specializes in commercial, commercial. real estate. Mm -hmm. So the first um, investment property that I would do would be this 14 studio co uh, commercial building. And I was terrified. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't use some words there, but I was like, you can <laughs> say pants. whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. Wow. It's different systems, yeah. different thinking, you know, things you're not used to, da, da, da. Different professionals, but that's different where processes. my that's where my, yeah, my, my RSP money went into that. And again, I love your joint venture class because uh, he was able to find a, a partner for me to venture up with, to have this experience of wow, this building. I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That building ended up being like my, I say to Till today, my best real estate teacher. Hmm. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. I did like, and he would say, you know, I didn't know which way was up, because you take me out of life insurance and you put me fully into this thing. Like, what 
skills, gifts and talents do I bring I didn't know. So in the, build, in, the big, uh, in the beginning, I started to clean the building, which was the best, for me, the best experience because I got to learn about all parts of each studio. So, you know, and were there people renting at this time? There were people renting. Okay, so it wasn't yeah. like vacant. No, no, no. Something. Okay, fully, it was fully rented. Okay. Full, oh, yeah, always fully rented. And so you were cleaning it. That's what I you, was cleaning. Maybe that's what you knew and that's what you were comfortable well, with. I needed to do something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then I got to, um, in my own little way, I got to learn about each studio from the cleaning, right? So if something was wrong, I knew exactly what they were talking about, where things were, like, you know, what to do. I had this image in my mind. But um, where my previous life kind of married my real estate life, and I always like to bring this up because I know there are some people who want to do sometimes greater things in real estate, and I'm going to peg it to particularly women because I have had conversations with rock star women mm -hmm. who are kind of sitting on the fence about, well, what do I do when I come over to this side? It will show up. Like for me, I was underwriting, well, life critical illness and disability insurance, and in the disability insurance piece specifically, I had to look at income tax returns and financial statements in a very microscopic way, you know, mm. to calculate the risk. So I knew what financial statements were at the end, and I just naturally began to pick up the receipts from everything we were doing, and I became, you know, the administrative person dealing with the accountant. Oh, awesome. For, yeah, for renovating, like, everything. Like That's that, how you it, learn. It, yeah, and I knew, like, the income tax piece, you know, what that might look like, because I've, you know, I have to, I've had to look at that in detail. So... Like, and when you were talking to, so thank you, by the way, for having those conversations with some rock star members mm -hmm. or women who had these kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. um, is that what you share with them to get comfortable with something? You have to look yes. at the numbers and really get into the nitty gritty. No, no, no. But I mean, something, I, I truly believe that something that you have already done in your life will show up in this real estate. Ah, got it. Because yeah. there are so many um, pieces that you can do and you don't know which one would naturally fit you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have this experience like it, this is, I'm going to say, this is not my passion, right? But I feel very comfortable doing it. And in a crazy way, I love paying the bills. Mm. And, you know, people laugh at me. It's like, I just love keeping it on track, keeping it on time. Like, I'm happy. as That's my wife, Carol, in our relationship. Yeah. She's like that. She's very, very happy. To doing be, that. To be organized on that front. She loves it. Yeah, that's me. So, you know, so everything is ready for the accountant at the end of each month. Both here and, and in Portugal. Oh my gosh, in yeah. Portugal, I can only imagine what you're going through <laughs> there. Okay, so you're going through this process. I have a question. When you knew you weren't right in that job or mm -hmm. it didn't feel right, what, what was it? Was it, sorry, I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Was it a feeling that you knew it wasn't right or was it, so, like, how did you know you were out of place? Because I knew I felt out of place. Like, I just knew the job that I was doing. I'm like, this isn't me. Like, right. this isn't the life that I want to live, but also I don't think it's the life I'm supposed to live. Like, I'm out of place. When I was 20 and I was working in the first insurance company, I used to sit at my desk, look out the window at the 427 and wonder how do people who are out there, like driving around and doing other things, do that? Yeah. And I sat at a desk job for 25 years. So again, and life has a way of putting you where you're supposed to be. I've always excelled at my performance reviews, and that year I had the worst performance review, not on paper, verbally. And that took me on a journey, like it, it really spun me around. Uh, like I couldn't even believe that. So somebody ripped you hard. Ripped me and really, it, really did it, hard. Did it eat at your self-confidence or did it eat at this feeling that you had to, to, to explore more deeply that like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing in life? 
both. Mm. And I, because I remember thinking, what is it that she's seeing in me that I can't see? Because I'm trying my heart, doing my best, and I can't see mm-hmm. where wow, this comment so is coming from. Yeah, very self-aware. So that through that actually put me into personal development and character building to go explore that. I spent a year. What did you find? I found that the comment was actually the other way around. It was not. It was the person actually reflecting themselves. So that was one of the things that I found. But I also found that um, my style of leading was completely different from the way leadership is expected in corporations. What's your style? Gently. Very, very, I just love, I love loving people, but gently. So you don't lead with a stick? No, oh gosh, no, when I was being asked to beat. (laughs) (laughs) Beat Slogger and get blood if I could. same spot. Yeah, yeah. Leading with a stick is a horror show. It is very harsh. And when I look at that last year that I had, um, you know, in my career there, I'm so proud of myself because people came back to me like it was just a mess of a year and I was doing my best to protect my team from what was supposed to come at them. Oh, so they loved you? In a way, yes. At the time, I think they didn't understand, but I was really you know, doing a big protective thing. And what I ended up doing was the opportunity came while I was still there to, to actually uh, break up my team. I saw it. So I actually encouraged each one to go somewhere else because I, I felt you know, working with them, their gifts and talents would be served best elsewhere within the organization. And I think I was only left with two people at one point. Wow, you're such a unique person. Rizal, where were you born? Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> Both parents are from Trinidad and Tobago? Yes. But then raised here? or No, when no, no they Canada? lived there. Oh, they lived there. Where, when did you come to Canada? 1988. 1988. Okay, so you've been here a while. Yeah. School, more... school here or educated there? There. Huh. You, wow. What a great person you are to do that for your team. That's not everyone's doing that. I got to ask, I grew up at four, uh, Mississauga, the border of Mississauga and Etobicoke. I used to be on the 427 all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 427 and where? What was your, around Burnhamthorpe there or Dundas? Yes, Burnhamthorpe. Burnhamthorpe? Yeah, the, I, I, back then it was the Goodyear building. Oh, I know that building. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Probably drove right by you while you you're staring know. out the window. I should have waved. <laughs> um, but I used to do the same thing. It's so interesting that you say that because... When you were staring out the window, looking at, you know, how were those people outside driving around and I'm like stuck in here? I used to have that when I was in bumper to bumper traffic on the 403 going to my job at NetSuite. And we had already owned properties, Nick and I in Hamilton, the direct other way. And I was in bumper to bumper traffic. And I remember looking across the window at me one day and it was like the guy from like two days ago that I, I had seen. So I'm like, I'm starting to know the people in traffic. And then I saw like his Starbucks cup and I go, oh my gosh, I think I even know what he drinks. I go, this is a horror show. Oh my God. Show. This is a horror show. I'm stuck in traffic trying to get to this job that's making me crazy. And then I looked at the other side of the highway, empty, empty, you know, like yeah. going the other way from rush hour. I know now there's rush hours both ways, every mm-hmm. which way. But at the time, the 403 that would have been going westbound was wide open. Eastbound, it was bumper to bumper from Oakville into around the airport. Yes. The other way was empty. And I'm like, wait a second, the properties we have in Hamilton, which are the other way, they make us money, they make cash flow, they're appreciating. Why am I going this way in life? You know, mm-hmm. when I should be going that way and it's wide open, like the road is wide open. It looks wonderful over there. 
you know? And so for me, it was like mm-hmm. sitting in that traffic, looking at that open highway with our properties in that, in other, that direction. other direction to me was just this so powerful, the, such a powerful mm-hmm. image. It was driving me insane. <laughs> it was one of the reasons I think I finally just pulled the trigger. So it wasn't your looking out of the window story, but it was similar. You know, yeah. you have these kind of visual experiences sometimes that like, what am I doing stuck here? So then um, you ultimately left. Sorry, no. Did you quit that job? I quit that job. And you quit after uh, just that end of that year after that review? Yes, after 2015. No, not, not after the review. I stayed and I went on the personal development journey on my oh, own. Oh, that's right. On okay. my own dime. Um, had some awarenesses. Had the courage to say I quit. Quit. Uh, what awarenesses did you have? Anything you could share? At that time, the awareness is, like for me, if you have that feeling, like and I like now when I think back, back at 20 years old, I was still thinking, like what's going on out there? My mind was somewhere else. Maybe you do belong somewhere else. And it's to have the courage to quit. Now, and I know we say, don't like, you know, follow me and quit with no plan in place, but maybe do follow me and quit with no plan <laughs> Maybe in that's place. what I did. <laughs> yeah. You know, like go where your heart is. Mm. Wow. So then where did your heart lead you? Well, it led me, I'm going to say it led me directly to Ernest that year, because we also got married that year. That year? That year, yeah. Where did you find this guy? In church. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to joke, on sign at the street somewhere, you pick That's this guy? A, for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, we, we, we actually really faced each other February of 2015. Okay. We were married in June of 2015. No. I quit in October of 2015. Wow. So Ernest has really been my biggest encourager. Hmm. Why do you think that was? He saw some ability in you? Always. Mm. Hey, and he always says it, and he'll tell anybody, he said, if you put even like one-tenth of the effort that you gave to that cooperation in your own business, you are going to be so successful. That He told me that from the beginning. And I couldn't understand that. What a great guy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then what did you see in him that you can share with us? Strength. I saw a lot of strength in Ernest that I had not seen in anybody else. Did he quit his, he was doing commercial real estate. So kind of wasn't like a nine to five thing for him. He was kind no. of somewhat free. Yes. I don't want to say totally free, but mm-hmm. his freer. time was his own in, in that sense. Yeah. In that yeah. sense, he yeah. was the guy on the road driving down the mm-hmm. 427 mm-hmm. <laughs> that you were looking at. That probably, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So then how does this real, this next leg of this real estate journey picks up and then you guys meet each other, you get married. Yep. We set, so the answer to your question is what really takes us on this journey is mm. we set goals mm. now and our goals take us like our goals organically develop is what we realize into something bigger than we expect, which you, which you might mm. also have experienced mm. in your life. Um, you can try to make your goals happen in a certain way, but usually it ends up no, being this, this completed business, in a completely different way. This particular business to, to that point, I thought at one point I thought, so where I lived in Oakville, there was a Canadian tire kind of like just down the street. Mm-hmm. And I thought if we could be so successful that, you know, on a Saturday morning, I could rent a small little school bus and pick up a bunch of Canadians who wanted to learn real estate and about investing in real estate, but we're getting no information about it. And we could serve them by getting them in a school bus and taking them out to Hamilton, Ontario, and showing them some properties and teaching them. And then coming home that day, I would feel very satisfied. Like mm. that was the, wow. that was, the, look at you now. <laughs> that was the, that was like, <laughs> if I could only do that and I'll never forget one day, 
I don't know if I've ever shared this story before, but uh, there's a Holiday Inn on the QEW and Rockstar was growing. We were in our second office. The first one went bankrupt. The brokerage went bankrupt. We're off to right. the second one. And before that landlord stopped paying his rent and we were blocked out of that office mm-hmm. before then, we were growing quite rapidly and we had a bunch of people sign up for what we call our fast start class. And the second half of that class is an educational tour. We still do it to we, this day. Mm-hmm. It's in class for the first part and, you and then an educational the tour. Mm-hmm. But it got so big, we couldn't host it in the big boardroom that we had access to that was acting as our training room. Mm-hmm. So we booked a room at the Holiday Inn, like a mini conference room. And we probably, I guess, had 60 people there. And I wow. think about 30 well, I wanted to go on the educational tour right afterwards. And we rented an extended van, like a school bus mm-hmm. thing. And some people went in their own cars, but we offered to anyone who wanted to go with us to go in this van and we would drive you around. And it was Mike DeZormo in the van driving. He was the driver. <laughs> and people after the class were piling into the van. And I just remember I was standing there with this, this massive smile on my face because it was like this moment. I'm like, oh my gosh. Your dream this, came true. This is like uh, and, and coming true. And a guy walked up to me out of the blue. I don't know who this is to this day. I don't know his name. I don't know if I've ever seen him again. He goes, you were always so happy. Look at you here, just smiling. I think he was kind of saying smiling like a moron, you know, just like <laughs> smiling in the middle of this hotel lobby. He goes, you must have life all figured out, eh? Look at you, just so happy. And he didn't know what was going through my mind that day, but it was just like, I just felt so, it was so gratifying to say like, I think we're serving people. I know we're trying our best to help and serve people with sharing this information. Mm-hmm. A great guy like Mike behind the wheel, like it looked so ridiculous, you know, yeah. get in the van. <laughs> we're gonna go look at some student rentals by McMahon master university you know (laughs) and they're driving out there and it was just one of those moments so um anyway sorry got off track there so for for you to 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 kind of go through this and to have earnest support and have some of these uh moments start happening for you Mm -hmm. um it's cool. And then when did you, with the personal development, is this where you understood the concept of the golden thread that you were mentioning oh, earlier? Oh, yes. Yes. I love you, doing personal development. Okay. So can you talk about that a little bit? Um, and then I want to kind of get to Portugal and Brazil, but but yeah, like, is this the start? Looking back now, is this the start of a, a kind of like a golden thread moment for you? It's in the gold. Yeah. It's in the, like the golden thread of life, right? Where, what is that concept? So that concept is everything hap- happens to you for a reason, kind of what you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're telling Ernest and I everything. You're here today because of you know all of the the decisions that you made in the past, but they're not. They're never ever wasted decisions. They set. I believe that they really do set you up um, for something in the future, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm. So even some of the things that you went through that maybe that you didn't like you know, are helping you today. Oh, totally. Like even some of my, I'm going to call it traumatic life experiences. I realize now I had to go through that for A, for me to change. And for example, um, Ernest and I know, you know, we're both divorced. We had to go through what we went through for us to be able to meet each other. Like I would have never stepped into a church probably Mm -hmm. if that didn't happen. And then, you know, I had my own little experiences and I found myself in the same church as him. So yeah. life has a balance to it. It absolutely does. Does that also mean then, in your opinion, that it, you can't get too high on the positives either? Sometimes I think if life has a balance, you know, mm-hmm. you can never get too low. I try to tell my kids this, that like, hey, if something's negative, you're perceiving something as negative. You don't know how that's serving you a year from now or 18. Correct. You can't judge this moment on this time right now. You got to wait a couple of years and reflect back. It might be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yes. On the flip side of that, 
I also share with them, and maybe this is incorrect, that listen, this the thing that you're jumping up and down in excitement about, maybe it's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. So just kind of enjoy the moment, live in the moment, right. and keep going because you don't know if this is the best thing ever. And I don't know if that's great advice or not, like not to enjoy the highs. And it's not like I'm trying to say not mm-hmm. to enjoy. I just mean don't cherish is the wrong word like don't bow like don't honor or don't um it's like this isn't it you haven't arrived you know yes this isn't the peak correct that's it this is one little peak yes in the big scheme of life i believe that Mm -hmm. wow okay so then what happens next you guys get married you do all this in a year you meet (laughs) them you get married um you the building you purchase then uh, sometime afterwards i guess uh yes uh yeah we started the purchase around that time Okay. Yeah, it took the closing. That that's a unique story. It took a little while to close. It actually closed uh, two years later. It's in downtown, right? It's downtown. in downtown. downtown yes, Toronto. yes, yeah. We okay. worked on the building. You know, uh, okay. cleaned it up. You know, improved it. Cool. Definitely uh, improved the value of the building. But you know, putting the building aside, um, the setting of the goals each year. Yes. Yeah, not you. just individually, but together as a couple. And I think this is really key for people who are in a relationship to engage in that because you are stronger together as two rather than these individual goals. Mm-hmm. And I believe this year, last year and this year, Ernest and I are seeing the rewards of that. We feel more together in our goals, at least, you know, for sure I do. Um, the, the path seems clearer. The plan is, you know, definitely clearer. And when you have um, not necessarily the same mindset, yes, but when the goal is something that you both agree on, you the working towards it is more meaningful mm. together instead of two individual separate goals i would imagine there's a synergy as well. a total synergy yeah it's like you're working you know in tandem with each other all the time hmm. and then is that done um strategically once a year a quarter do you look at them review them Anything every year at the i would not exactly at the end of the year i start thinking about it in september last quarter it's always you know it because it uh, starts to occupy my mind but definitely before the end of the year um, we mastermind to create the goals hmm. and uh, most of the time we would have already started the goal that year like working on it that year so we're not starting generally. do you mastermind with each other or also with other people sometimes with other people and how do you do that that's groups you're part of and yeah you look from for, previous masterminds okay so you look for like mine so like nick and i mm-hmm. we paid to be part of masterminds and then you make some connections that last Correct. beyond the official mastermind group or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and then both of you i feel like invest in yourselves now you said you went down the personal development path yes what did that mean for you books courses events both Okay. Or all. Well, all. Anything stand out for you? A, a book, a moment, a thought, an idea? The golden thread would be oh, one. The, oh, yeah, the golden thread. Well, to me, it was more of the, um, the companies and the people that I used to mentor me um, had a big impact on me. And definitely as well, the awarenesses in the first mastermind that I did, which was with a company called Clemmer and Associates in the United States. Okay. The impact it had on me, which really was putting the mirror in front of my face and seeing how I show up in life. Um, and it wasn't all immediate for me. Like for some people, it hits them. It took me a couple of years, I think, to have the even greater awarenesses about myself. Even to today, I still think about that journey and apply the tools that I've learned to, like for me, I don't think I was that courageous to do some of the things I'm doing now, but that journey gave me um, the courage. It gave me the permission to have the courage, sorry, for my personality. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
like there's so much more into that particular, um, the, you know, those series of courses that we did through that company that help us with success. Right. Because, I mean, if you are along the path of success, there are certain things that um, that you must know about success and follow. What are those? Like, for example, um, I'm going to actually use one of the stickers, a little thing like, you know, your stickers are a big part of my success journey. So if your money isn't working for you, you'll always be working for your money. And even like in, in personal development, you you do learn about your own money mindset. Mm, right. It's true. And I realized like in the classes that I was in, I did not know that I had an abundant mindset, but it I saw it afterwards, and I was actually alarmed at what it looked like with, for people who didn't have such an abundant life uh, mindset, you know, and learning about their stories, not um, judging them, but being aware of it, you know, to be able to help them. And, you know, maybe in some things, I don't have an abundant mindset, you sure. know, but generally I did. Wow, such an strength. I feel like that's such a powerful gift you were given if you have that mindset, because I feel like I walk around life a lot of times thinking that people have imaginary shackles on their thinking, on their feet and on their hands, and they can't get to where they want to go or even imagine to where they want to go because they don't have that abundant mindset. Mm -hmm. And somehow, I don't know if it's my parents, my mom specifically, I feel like blessed that somehow I have that. Like I've never felt like there's not something I cannot do if I really throw myself at it. Like, and I'm never, I've never really thought money would be an issue or just anything. I've always just thought hmm. everything is possible. Anything I want to do is possible. Sounds mm -hmm. maybe to some people when I say that ridiculous. Um, and I just feel like it's been a blessing. It's very freeing. Right. And for me, it helped me to open up my mind and my heart a bit more to life and especially to people. Because I thought I was open to people, but apparently people perceive me as very closed. Hmm, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did more work on my own self. So like, you know, I went through the path of learning about the Enneagram, like the nine points of the Enneagram. And I don't, I'm not familiar with Okay, so that's... Um, another, uh, another podcast? Uh, another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, but learning about myself through the Enneagram, I, if anybody knows that work, okay. I operate out of point one, I didn't realize that, yeah, I do, um, you know, people can perceive me as very close, very rigid. Um, you know, like a straight line, very linear kind of person. Mm. Wow. I guess when I met you, yeah, you're always just so cheerful and smiling. And uh, yeah, I feel like when maybe I met you at a different stage where that, that was not <laughs> the perception that you gave off. But right. But sure. Right. I yeah. can see how, how people change. Yeah. You're a fascinating woman. Like this is an amazing story. No, right. really. Yeah. It really, really is. Your friends and family here in Canada, do they think you're... Um, <laughs> Just wild? Or what did they think about Well, you? I think when I quit, well, I think even at the time I got married to Ernest, I think my family thought I was probably having some kind of a, a life crisis. Whether it's midlife, whether it's whatever, because all of a sudden, all of a sudden I went from divorce to getting married to quitting my job. Like, you Oh know, yeah, they were worried They for were you. like, what is she doing? What the heck is yeah. going on? And they didn't understand what I was doing. Um, I couldn't explain, you know, how do you expect being a real estate investor to somebody who's been, yeah. you know, and like it's too like difficult, way too difficult. So I just existed around. Yeah, them. yeah, smart. Until one day, um, shortly before we left, actually that year, 2020, uh, I think my family, like some of my family members, they were more in a headspace of listening because they're always busy, you know, yep. like taking care of the kid, like you know, you mm. know they, the world paused, so they were listening. the world paused and they listened, and now they're doing it. Come on, yeah. 
including my my 80 year old mom she also after hearing like you know our story what is she doing she going invested in real estate no way yeah like she started i think two years ago at 78 no, no way yeah yeah oh my god good yeah. for her <laughs> um okay so then you know after you get married you're setting these goals mm-hmm. this ultimately leads you to Mar- uh, october 2020 or, yes. or so and, and what's that thought process like we are going to portugal and we are going to do some real estate stuff how do you come to that point so the previous year as part of the goals um as part of uh, as part of Ernest's financial goal, um, he wanted to have the biggest impact, which was to go launch EXP in a different country. The biggest financial impact wow. of our lives. So, well, maybe not the biggest again, but yeah. you know, yeah. but um, yeah. doing something really different instead of some small little thing, you know, wow. um, attracting realtors and yep. you know doing that because he is a visionary, so he sees life very very differently. And at that point, I, I mentioned to you, you know, I had prayed one day to God, um, one, you know, would you please show me what your big, beautiful world looks like? I would like to know, I'd like to see it, I'd like to go into different countries and not just see it like from an airplane. I want to be among the people, you know, and live with them for a bit. I forgot about that prayer, actually. And um, doing this, like, so we go to Portugal in October of 2020 to actually do the launch because, you know, we had already found the broker record and established things there. And then we get caught up in the lockdown mm-hmm. and Portugal very graciously um, allowed the tourists who were in the country to be able to stay until December 31st of 2021 oh, without getting okay. their passport stamped. In the meantime, Ernest, um, through the heritage, got his um, citizenship cards oh, and yeah, everything going on started the process for mine but mine would not be complete so i had to leave at the end of um, december and exp had launched in brazil and because it's you know portuguese speaking um, ernest offered his help to be able to help them to get established and grow oh that's While, how you ended up yeah in brazil. yeah so we work virtually which is another great thing like everything we do you know we really like please don't give me paper i don't want paper mm-hmm. i don't even want a business card because i i will move it around you know i'll mm-hmm. i'll I don't yeah, need it. Yeah, it's a hassle. Clutter. It's a hassle. Clutter. So, yeah. So, we, uh, back in 2017, I'm going to go back a little bit. When he joined um, EXP, something about the way that they operated virtually piqued my interest, not knowing that what I was about to do would set me up to live the way that we do. Because they're virtual, watching how they run their business virtually, I started to just take every single box of paper that we had and scan what was important. Because what ended up happening as well is we started to travel and we needed to see our documents. And of course, if it's sitting in a box at home, it's of no good to us. So we started to put everything where we can access it from the phones, even on cruise ships. You know, you're doing something and, you know, mm-hmm. um, we were doing business transactions once on a cruise, you know, and trying to get something resolved. It made life so easy. So by the time we left in 20, October 2020, everything that we needed was already scanned and filed. Awesome. You're ready to go. So we were totally ready to go anyway. So our intention was to be in Portugal actually for six months and then de- figure out life after that. We know whether we come back to Canada or go somewhere else. But with that um, permission to stay for the year, we ended up staying for the year, went to Brazil. Um, we were going to stay there for three months and we loved it so much. We stayed for six. Wow. <laughs> it was phenomenal. What a different country, different experience. And then do you stumble into that real estate deal then or no? We were looking at some. Now, 
with currencies, you know, which yep. our mind is always wrapped around because of the way we live, we're watching currencies. Right. Sure. Bitcoin, because we yeah. have to have a spectrum of, you know, yeah. what's happening because of how we live. And as attractive as it seemed at the time to do something in Brazil, there was going to be the election, which was, you know, a red flag to us not to venture in yet. And the actual currency of Brazil. Mm. Right. Because do we want euros? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're actually, you know, working in you know paper money, which one would you sure. pick? Sure. And, you know, the euro was still very Stronger. attractive to us. Yeah, yeah but the, the election in Brazil is what made us um, put a halt on everything. So you went back to Portugal? So we went back to Portugal because by that time I could legally re-enter Portugal. Okay. Um, because I think, it, was it at that point that you came on a Zoom call with us and you were showing us some old properties, like beautiful stone properties yeah. and beautiful like kind of hillsides? Mm -hmm. That was in Portugal? That was in Portugal. Okay. Now, what ended up happening to tie us to the Azores is when we were in Brazil, um, Ernest was training some of his uh, team members and there was one in particular, he was teaching him how to look for bigger deals and how to identify what a deal is. So this guy, you know, he kept um, showing him, you know, all these different things. And this property that we purchased came up and Ernest is like, when, you know, showing him how to do the numbers, he's like, now you're talking, <laughs> you know, this is worth taking a look at. So when we were on the mainland, we decided not to well not to go to the azores to live ernest has one uncle um, who still lives there and nobody heard about him or had seen him since the lockdown okay so we thought you know we better go see make sure he's okay find him you know visit him we were just going to go spend a month and leave we went there visited him looked at that property and started to look around in sao miguel and it's like what you know doing the numbers and like things made a lot of sense to us and it was like, you know, so we were kind of intrigued. So we ended up buying not just one, but the two properties to what develop. What kind of properties are they? So just, you know, you can buy, like, you can buy land, you know, I mean, it is still so inexpensive. We were looking at one that for 160,000 euros, no, 140,000 euros, and you can um, divide it. And we were able to uh, put up eight houses on that. So imagine, you know, doing that and selling those. Wow. You know? So this is on the border of a ur slightly urban area on one of the islands? Yeah, yeah. You could find these yeah. lots that you could subdivide. You, you can subdivide. And you it. could work with the government, the municipality, whatever it is there. Like, because I know in Europe, it's, at least in Croatia, it can be sometimes difficult to just get things done. But but I guess with Ernest, he speaks Portuguese, he you speaks said. Portuguese. So you were able to kind of get what you needed done? Yeah, well, we, we were in conversation. Now, Sao Miguel, no, Ponta Delgada, the capital, and the, cap the Ponta Delgada region, so like Peel region or Holton region is undergoing a rezoning. So anybody who has, um, I believe it's agricultural land and they wanted to change it to urban, this is your opportunity to do it. So we oh, also wow. knew that, oh, right? So, that's so you were looking right. at pieces along, you know, that would fit. So this is all that. recent. Is this something you're still working on, I'd imagine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yes, like much of Europe, things do take longer. Yeah. It is a part, I call it expat living. We have friends who are doing um, developments as well in Costa Rica. So we do compare stories, you know, both countries, you know. As the expats, same, I'm sure it's the, the same. same. Sometimes you want to take an axe, yeah. you know, you need to, you know. The Canadian in you has to just slow down. Yes. It's just not happening. Correct. Yeah. Yes. They look at you like you're crazy. Like, yes. what's the rush? What is your problem? Correct. Yes. <laughs> what is the mad rush? <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Yes. Why do you want this done on Tuesday and when it can be done six months from now? I don't Correct. understand. <laughs> so actually, and that's been a part of our, our life teaching, you know, like what is, it's not so much what is the rush, what is the North? American rush might be the question. 
you know, when I believe anywhere you go as an expat, you know, to venture in, you, you know, you do have to adapt to the culture. Um, you can try to change it, but sometimes it could be more frustrating. So, you know, you fight the battles that you could. Sure. You know. And then what? I have this image of you cleaning a pyramid or something. Is this accurate? This was on an island off of Brazil. Or is, no, this right? is, Do I have it confused? This is the one in the Azores. Oh, that's that had a pyramid on. I remember this picture of two, two yeah. pyramids in the background. That's it. Mm-hmm. I just had this image of something in the email uh, that I got from you. It was like, there's these beautiful pictures of you guys. Yes. It's like we're cleaning pyramids or something. <laughs> Are those pyramids, they're still there? They're still That's there. Historical. So the, one of the properties that we purchased belonged to a person called Thomas Hickling, who was the, That's f- right. the first yes. vice consul um, from the United States for the Azores. That, um, his manor on the property was built, I believe it was in 1802, if I remember well. It's a ruin, right? It's 10, like 10,000 square feet of space. It's beautiful. Like It's still beautiful. It was built by Americans, so the workmanship, even though it's in a ruin, like... I just like I'm in awe when I look at it. How wow. you know the precision? Wow, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not sloppily you built. It was very well. Beauty, you beauty, can appreciate yeah, beauty. yeah, beauty. Now that property, um, I, from what I remember, it was a beautiful garden, and he was also the, the person responsible for bringing in the citrus trade into São Miguel. And these two pyramids, one looks kind of like an Aztec pyramid, and the other one I call it the cake pyramid. So one is square and one is round. Uh, they will look out for ships. Because so that's why he built them? That's they were, why they were he built them. kind of lookout pyramids. Yes, like in, the main road ran in front of his manor. And apparently, like, it, it wasn't quite beachfront. Like, there was, like, trees and whatever. And then the shoreline. Oh. So it's been probably reclaimed a bit to build houses, you know, in front of that. So where the property is located, you can, and we do, we, like, you know, we pull, you know, we open the kitchen windows in the morning and you can see the ships. Wow. It's right there, beautiful. you know, the cruise ships are like, they're like a big, beautiful sight to us. So imagine that because they would have to wait for the ships to, to see the ships before they harvest it. because it's a perishable This is item. great. When you guys are done with this project, somebody's going to buy a lot with a pyramid in the backyard. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Bonus. Hey, what did you buy? I got this house and this <laughs> island in the middle of the Atlantic, the Hawaiian islands of Europe, and I got a pyramid in the backyard. You guys should come by. You Actually, you can stay in the pyramid if you want. It's, it's like beautiful. A, it's like, a, it's like a, the Azores version of a bunkie here in Canada. You know, it's like... <laughs> Hey, we're staying in our pyramid made by some American guy. It, yeah, it's beautiful. And even like on the cake pyramid, the weather system is a bit different at the top. Would you believe No that? way. It's not, yeah, it's about, I think it's about 70 or 80 feet high. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, so this is all going on. And then in my mind, you had something going on in Brazil. Is that incorrect? Did I remember that incorrectly? No, we, we parked all of that. We did oh, okay. set up a company there. Okay. I, I forgot we, where we, you're we at. Did not it's difficult activate. to keep track of you guys. I know. It's difficult to keep track. I know. Um, okay. So that's kind of something that might, you might explore we in the might. future. We might. And Ernest is right now then in Portugal on the Azores doing some stuff to propel this along yes at a turtle pace like it happens over there ah well actually you know what you're pushing it now he's been pushing it yeah you know yeah yeah because he's a he is a mover and a shaker one guy like when we first um got that you know this property and we started to do the big cleanup because remember it's been like it's been sitting like that for 200 years right so you can imagine like what in the world we faced this old guy came up to him one day and said in portuguese you must. You are the hardest working person on this island. He watches him. 
because he's here, he's there. Because he's out there know? is like kind of bushwhacking, cleaning the lots up. Oh, like, no, we just, pay people for oh, that. Oh, you pay people for that. Okay, yeah, but yeah. so, uh, but I guess, is there some other properties on there, some old structures and stuff, or no, just No, land? we're, um, right now, we have already kind of excavated the land and leveling it off okay. to have the survey done. Like okay. we had one survey done. So you hired excavators to come in? Yes. Oh, yes. Holy yes, smokes. Yes, 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 so yes. you hired excavators on the island? Yeah. That's easy enough to find? There are some. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Once you, you know, venture into something like this. So this is my first um, development experience, which is something that I, I wanted. I can't believe your first development experience is on an island in the Azores. I know. <laughs> me too. But it's kind of neat. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, like I totally believe in it. You know, it's unique. People love it. We actually have some people who are already... Um, would they want to live there? And is that the stages from here? So you, did you hire someone to do, is there designs for what you're going to build on there yet? Yes. Is that the point you're at? We are in, yeah, we're speaking to the architect right now. Okay. Yeah. We've then, gone through a few architects. Uh, so if you're, again, if you're in an expat kind of life, uh, what we're understanding is it's usual to change architects. So, you know, because we're, people have been recommending one particular one to us and we had to go find him and peg him. Yeah, got it. And we okay. finally were able to find them and pick. And then when it's available, when you have these drawings done, I guess you might, would you sell one or two? Would you pre-sell one or two? Yeah, we will. Okay, yes, awesome. yes. We will start with the, the smaller piece of land. Okay. Um, That's our intention, you know, get those sold. And, uh, you know, we're working on both concurrently, but the, the larger one, the one that's on Thomas Hickland's um, property, that one will be multiple homes at From different the pictures levels. I've seen the pictures alone I feel like are going to sell this place if yeah. you put pictures on a website for this project you got to share it with us so we can kind of spread the message just yes. for people to see this never yes. mind someone might be interested but just to see what you're going through is amazing oh yeah Okay, so that's the the stage you're at now. And then how long do you think this project will take you from here? I think uh, when we were calculating it, about two to five years. Because, okay. you know, it's just like Toronto where you have to wait for approvals yeah. and things. Like, sure. You have to go through that process. So while we're waiting on that, we're doing everything else that we possibly can do. We're even like, because, you know, with eight acres, imagine the number of plants you need. So don't laugh at me, but I already have like, we have about 100 avocado seeds in various, no yeah, in various stages. We're looking at, we are um, working with a landscape um, architect, you know, and selecting the trees and, you know, doing like all of those. And who things. would buy these properties, do you think? Is it locals or no? People coming back to the area? We are, it's going to be a closed community and we're looking at expats. So people who want to come, you know, maybe okay. just live a little bit, you know, put it up in a rental can pool. Can a Canadian buy uh, or an American, Canadian or American, can they buy really easily there? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's, do you have to form a corp? Do you, do you know? Uh, you need a NIF, which is like a social insurance number. That's really easy to so get. So you apply for it? Yeah, you like for us, like for, okay, I'll use myself as an example. You have to have somebody who will sign, like sponsor you, they call it. Okay. Which is sign off yeah, on okay. you, you know, that they're also responsible for you. But you can go to the finances department and well, when I paid for it, I think it was 30 euros. It was really inexpensive. And they just give it to you with your Canadian ID. Hmm. And you have to have someone who is local in Portugal yes. to sign on your to behalf sign. that I'm responsible. It's kind of like signing a passport back in the day. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you get that and then you're legally allowed to buy. Yes. And then you're legally allowed to buy. And of course, set up the bank account. Set up the bank account. Yeah. And then get some funds over. Probably Canadian's mm -hmm. going to buy by refinancing some stuff over here, I would imagine. Yes. And buy that there. And it's going to be a closed community. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be vacation homes for people. Yes? Yeah. No. You could either live there full time so or... Live there full time. Yep. Either. Or, okay. you know, use your space for a part of the year mm -hmm. and then rent it. Wow. 
where are you going to be then at the end of the, this project's going to be fun to completion. There's going to be lots of fun in front of you. There's the sale, the marketing of it, the yes. sales aspect and mm -hmm. the planting of these avocados and all these wonderful things. <laughs> but, uh, and then I'm just curious in your goal setting, like, I guess there's so much here. You don't even need to go beyond here. This is such an amazing project. I guess you're just focused here for now. Yes, but we are all, Ernest and I had a really big financial goal when we got married. It was a 10 year goal. Like we have, a, I'm going to share my email address. We have an email address, okay. revision2025. And it's Rizal and Ernest vision for the year 2025. And that what this email was set up when we were married in 2015. And this goal was to have a certain amount of money generating income for us on or before the year 2025. And we recognized when we were leaving Canada that we were actually further ahead in the goal than we had thought, I'm going to say, by actually leaving Canada and doing the things that we are doing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So and even last year, we were speaking about it that, oh, my gosh, you know, do you realize 2025 is just around the corner? And we're much, again, we're much further ahead. Good for you. Yeah. You, but you life doesn't say, you stop You didn't there. share the full email address. Do you yeah. want to share that or no? You just shared the beginning part. Um, revision2025 at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, okay. you know, we both see that one. It's a, a common one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah, so, but we're not... Um, we're not going to just, you know, hang up, you know. I don't get that impression at all. No, we're going to move on to the next adventure, whatever that is. I'm already thinking, like, where would I like to be? Now that I have had my first experience of life outside of Canada, investing in real estate, I mean. I love the pace. Doing the development. And it's yeah. like, which country would I pick next? I wonder where you'll be next. I don't know. <laughs> I do have one or two in mind, but. Croatia could use your help. There you Please. go. <laughs> uh, but they have a dwindling population, beautiful Aww. coastline, very little development, you know, um, but the whole world, there's so much opportunity all around the world like that. Yeah. Um, once you travel Europe a little bit, Brazil, and you get out of Canada, um, life moves at a really nice pace. Yes. You know, it's really nice out there. Really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. It's so interesting um, having this experience. Too, and I'm going to share something because I've been thinking about this all day. Returning to Canada reminds me of... Um, like the euro, the euro is higher, you know, and things are expensive here. And like, I'm so proud of us for taking this step Awesome! because coming here, even though it's expensive, because your, your purchasing power is stronger. My with purchasing euro. power is so much wow. stronger. Who like I see people that? crying I and I feel for them because I have been there having come from Trinidad and Tobago. Sure. But I, like I was pinching myself. I was like, I can't believe I'm having this experience in Canada with what I'm I doing. I just picked up some euros for our trip and I know the exchange right now, yeah. the, the poor Canadian dollar. I mean, it's not the best of the fiat basket. Let's face it. No. It's pretty weak. Yeah. Likely going to get weaker. So good for you coming into town with euros. You're a high roller now. Brazil's rolling into town with her. Hey, here's some euros. <laughs> Give me all your Canadian dollars. I will take all your Canadian dollars for my meager 50 euro. Give me everything you got. You know? No, but you know. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that matters in life. It I mean, totally this is matters. unfortunately, yeah. this is part of the, the global monetary system that we live in. Yes. You need to know these things. Otherwise, yes. you kind of get trapped. Yes. Um, so that's cool. I, 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 yeah, it'll be interesting to see where you head next. I guess the world, your oyster at this point, have you traveled around Europe so close to you from those islands? Do you, have you traveled or you've been so busy? We have been to some countries and actually part of our, um, what is it? Fun goal. Our fun yeah. goal is to 
complete um, all of the nine Azorian islands. We've been to some, but we want to see oh all of gosh, them. Oh my gosh, there's nine? Nine. Oh, yeah. I thought there was like three. No, 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 oh, nine. Wow. And some of them have like really sm- like a few hundred in population, yeah. but they're apparently very beautiful. And to visit some countries in Europe specifically yeah. because we're there. Yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah. But we are worker bees. You know, we have I recognized, we, you know, and it's hard to sometimes pry us off what we're doing. Mm-hmm. To, but it's nice to be a worker bee on an island that has the pace. And I mean, you know, the, the lifestyle it has, because if you do take some downtime mm-hmm. there, it's, it's a different type of downtime. Like I feel here in Canada, when I take downtime, everyone else around me is like running in circles. Mm-hmm. So it's not really easy to meet up with a bunch of friends over two or three evenings. True. Unplanned. Whereas over there, you can bump into people and mm-hmm. hang out and, you know, meet them again there tomorrow and have another coffee with them and joke yes. around with them. And you get along, you make these new relationships and it's kind of a wonderful feeling. It's very healing and it's very peaceful and it's good for my like parasympathetic nervous system. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a bit of an unwind. Yes. You know, I know when, when we're over there on the Adriatic Sea, like we know there's a little bar cafe right on the beach that we go to. And we, you know, we now, now we've been there over a decade every summer. We know the owner, our kids know the owner. We don't walk in with cash. He knows right. us. Here's some drinks, pay when you can, mm-hmm. come back later. And we talk with him a little bit about soccer and a little bit about politics and a little bit about the weather. And then, you know, we joke around about some of the tourists running in quickly <laughs> in and out, you know, coming like, at these guys. <laughs> Guys, what are they doing? <laughs> rushing. Coming, rushing around. Look at them. You know, they're trying to, they're on the beach at 9 a.m. Yeah. No locals go on the beach at 9 a.m. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we first understood that, I remember going, the first time Carol and I took the kids to Croatia for her first visit there. We were staying at my aunt's place right on the coast and we got up in the morning. We got the kids out. You know, we had young kids. We're mm-hmm. out on the beach and it was 9 a.m. And I remember looking around this beautiful beach. I'm like, Carol, where is everybody? Aww. Why are they not here? And it was a beautiful setting for us. Right. But then I realized that the locals, like, they're not coming out to the beach till like maybe 2 p.m., 4 oh, yes. p.m. You know, they're not going out to the beach <laughs> at that time. It's too hot. In the morning, in the morning, they're still sleeping. Yes. And then in midday, it's way too hot. Yes. So they come out like at 4 p.m. at the beach, right? It's a totally different experience. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, um, this is how Brazil is tying into what we're doing. And again, everything happens for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. So when we were in Brazil, Ernest had a cousin who lived in this town called João Pessoa in the northeastern part of the country. And we fell in love with this place, not just because it's along the coast. So it looks like the Caribbean Sea. The water is 27 degrees. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. Um, but it's the community of Joao Pessoa that blew our mind. Like, you guys are active. Like, I mean, go learn a little bit of Portuguese and go visit this place. Really? The community wakes up at 4.30 a.m. every day. Like, they're, they're up. The sun, it's the north, south. It's the most easterly point of the Americas. And it's called oh, got it. Joao Pessoa, okay. the, the first son of the Americas. And why are they up at that time? Because it's bright. Like by five o'clock, it's very, very bright. They are out exercise. They close down the streets and they are exercising. They're running, they're biking, there's beach volleyball, they're swimming. Oh my Uh, God. Like you name it. Like you, like at six o'clock, even my mom, she came to visit us. We had her out there with the seniors group exercising at six o'clock in the morning. Love it. Every when day. that sunshine is out, I just came from visiting a friend in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And when the sun is up and it's so bright, you get, you're excited to yeah. get up. You know, I went to, it was 115 degrees, by the way, in Arizona last yes, week. Yes, I saw. I, it was crazy. Melting. But I got, uh, we went to, I went to a, a CrossFit class at 8 a.m. It was 84 degrees. 
84 wow. degrees at 6 a.m. But everybody, there was a packed class. Afterwards, you're outside. The sun is shining. Driving around. There's trails to go on. There's hiking, yeah. cycling. You could tell it was just this outdoor culture. But a lot of it just became, uh, I think, came from just the sunshine. Yes. Just bright. You know? And the walking trails even start at the airport. Because I remember when we landed, no I'm like, So you land so? off a plane, you could just start walking. People are walking and biking from the airport. Like, this is kind of different. But anyway, so that... That experience we had at Joao Pessoa is something we want to put into this closed community. Oh, brilliant. To have the facilities that you're, if you, you know, you can be up early and do any of like, you know, any type of exercise that you want, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that the space permits. There's just something uh, magical about getting up with the sun, working out in the morning, reading a little bit and then having your coffee. And Mm -hmm. by 8 a.m. you feel like you've had a full day. Yes. Like you just feel like anything else that happens is a bonus because (laughs) I just lived a complete day. Amen. It's 8 a.m. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and from that property, you have the view of the sea. So like for us, grab your coffee, you know, just standing oh. up there looking at the ocean. You could look it's at it for hours. It's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, I do that all the time, just staring out there. And every once in a while, we'll see a dolphin come out of the water, you know, just <laughs> yes. pop out. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm just so happy for you. You're on this wonderful journey. And I'm glad you're not staring out the window at the 427 <laughs> anymore. I just sometimes think of like how I was there. And yeah. I, I just... I really want to thank you for sharing this story because I know there's more of us out there mm-hmm. who are wondering, you know, how do you, when do you, could you yeah. walk away? And uh, I think the safe advice is to maybe have some cash flow or an idea, but it's cool to hear you, you, you just pulled the trigger mm-hmm. and you just went. It must be very gratifying in a very humble way for you to come back here and meet with some of your friends and not as a braggart in any way, but in a humble way, just to share your story. And I Mm -hmm. think you're probably having an inspirational impact on your friends and family and people who maybe watch you from afar, even more than you know, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and thank you for sharing all the pictures and your stories that you share with us. Cause then we share them in the rockstar communication with members as best we can, just to share what you guys are doing, because I think it opens your mind Mm -hmm. to what's possible. And when you get in a rut, it can very, feel very dark sometimes and very closing. You know, you can't see what's possible for you in life. And what's exciting to me is that if everyone is living their best life, like you clearly are, you're sharing your natural gifts to the world and we all get to benefit this beautiful new community is going to be built Mm -hmm. that would have never been built if you and Ernest weren't out there working as hard as the hardest working guy in all all of Portugal's out there working. (laughs) He's probably doing something out there right now. You're, you're here. I'm not saying you're not working. Of course it's been, you're running around. Hey, you're work. the traffic in Toronto. I'm sure you're just appreciating the traffic (laughs) in Toronto right now. You're working. It's just a different type of work. It's a different type of work. But uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. I just don't know how to say thank you enough for sharing this uh, story and, and, and just seeing you guys having meetings over the years. I think I remember you came to a VIP meeting and you shared something or Ernest shared the hot seat moment a hot seat moment I forget I feel like there was like a bit of a moment there I even forget what it was but mm-hmm. I remember I think it was listening to Ernest and just thinking I don't know this guy's got a lot of potential here what's going on just do it <laughs> I no, forget what we discussed specifically that's okay, but we think about that often because mm-hmm. that is a trigger for us to remember that moment 
and yeah. that conversation. Yeah. That keeps us going. So thank you. Well, no problem. I don't even remember what we said, but I remember when you're on the outside listening yeah. to someone else, you can so clearly see someone's potential. And then when you hear them say something different, mm-hmm. it just, you kind of want to hit them across the face and not, not in a physical way. You mm-hmm. just kind of want to wake them up verbally, right. you know, just to, to, to say, so uh, maybe we were a little harsh where we, no, no, our, no. Okay. And the, sometimes I know I can be a little harsh in those environments. No. And I want to put this out there because sometimes people misunderstand Ernest and I, because we're very direct. Mm-hmm. Like I will share share pretty much everything because like what do I have to hide right I just want the best for people and I'd rather be honest with people so when people we have learned like when we receive feedback it's just feedback it's not you're not slapping us Mm. you have the best you know for us sure you know and you're helping us to kind of just renew our minds in that sense and hit the reset button it's like hello you know you're not we can see your potential. Totally. We do that to people. We can see so much potential in people, mm-hmm. but they can't see it in themselves. So having said that, before we wrap up here, what have been some of the challenges that have really been test, tested you to this point? Has it been having patience as an expat? Um, have the finances stressed you out? Um, I'm just trying to think, is there something, the relationships and leaving Canada, has there been something that has been more difficult than anticipated? Yeah, the systems are different overseas. No matter, I think, which country you go to, it is not Canada. And we have had to, uh, you know, in a way, accept it is not Canada and then adjust ourselves to how things are done there. Mm-hmm. Right. It will. It's just not as fast. Yeah. Initially, it could be frustrating. That- it is it's very frustrating mm-hmm. to, to a lot of expats. I can't speak for everybody, but the ones that I know, like wh- whichever country they chose, it's just not North America, I'm going to say, because the United States can operate similarly mm-hmm. to us. Um, in many ways, uh, the mindset, because cu- no matter what you do, culture always comes into play, mm. right? And I am now, if I look at myself as someone living in Trinidad and Tobago, I used to find the North American mind. I was curious about the North American mindset because pe- I couldn't understand how people were so open. <laughs> oh, right. Like okay. you, a North American could speak about anything yeah. and they knew a lot of things. And I'm in my little Trinidad mind. Oh, wow. I'm not saying that Trinidadians are like no, no, I'm I got putting it. anybody down, but for me, because, you know, living in a small island, I'm exposed to, you know, only certain things. You know, I didn't have this big exposure of being in a big country. Now, the other countries we have been to, sometimes the mindset is still closed because this is what they know. And to, Mm -hmm. you know, pull on their brains or yank at them and say, you know, the world is not this, you know, it's this. They don't, some people don't even want to know that, see that, hear that. And they get frightened. It's interesting you say that, especially in Europe, because they have hundreds of years of family history that has kind of codified or solidified some of their beliefs, whereas you're coming with this new perspective. I notice that also in Europe when you meet some families that have lived in an area that you might have so much development potential, Mm -hmm. but they just go back to a story of a family 150 years ago that did something that maybe didn't work out, and that's still in the family consciousness in some way, so they won't proceed with an idea. You know, they have just have this hundreds and hundreds of years of history. I know when we go to visit family over there, they'll point to a hill on the horizon and see that hill. That was my grandfather's hill. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely not going to develop anything on that hill. Mm-hmm. That hill stays with my family the way it is. You know, when you're looking at this hill, you're like, it's a yeah. perfect development opportunity. But they hill. can't see it. But no. And the other thing is the politics will come into play. And I don't necessarily mean the current government, but the history of the country that you're in. Like We had to become very aware that you know Portugal came from socialism mm. in the recent history. And there are people still living in Portugal who have gone through that. So they still have a socialist mindset. 
Like I never in my life thought that, you know, it would make a difference, but it absolutely does. But knowing that, like, you know, if you study, you know, where you're going to understand the culture and the politics a bit will help you in um, how you totally. approach and address some of what you're doing. Okay, so in your personal development journey, and then I'm going to let you go. In your mm-hmm. personal development journey, the top one, two, or three things that you would share with someone that had an, either an impact on you or that you think could have an impact on other people, uh, a, a habit, a thought process, a belief, sort of one or two things in the personal development world. I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's Anything fine. that comes to mind. Well, I'm going to pick the most recent one, which was my success intelligence mastermind. Um, there was an exercise of examining what is success. I had to sit with that question every day for six months. What is success today? And it was a wide open question and you would not believe the shift in the mindset when you ponder on that question as to what is success today, your definition of success will be redefined. So if you think you're stuck, maybe sit with that question. What is success today? And redefine what success is today. And I'm actually going to say... Um, move money out of the equation and just leave like don't even think because people may think money a lot of people think money is success but there's more to success than money and then see what happens to redefine your life and I would say as well in the personal development journey um, have the courage like I use one little video that I look at every year because I like to examine where I'm at um, in this video is Steve Harvey's jump Right. Mm-hmm. You can Google. You can find it I on like YouTube. I know it, but I can't picture it now. He talks uh, like it's just like probably like a little f- um, maybe four minute video where okay. he talks about um, taking the jump, like really doing what I did, jumping from, you know, mm-hmm. one career into the other. And he explains in those four minutes what is going to happen. He tells you like life is not things are not going to open up for you right away. You are going to hit rocks. You're going to have bruises, bumps, you know. But he says, eventually your parachute will open. Mm. And I remember them when I realized, oh my gosh, I think the parachute is opening. Because in the beginning, I did feel sure. battered, bruised, broken. Feels like you're being dragged behind a car on a rope hanging on for dear life. It just did. getting scraped to it death. Did. It did. <laughs> and the, that little video, I just like to re-examine it because it's so inspirational to me. Like It's like, if I could give you four minutes of here, this is what your life might look like when you take that jump. Um, just know that this is the path, Mm -hmm. right? And this is the process. Rizal, thank you. Please (laughs) pass on our, you know, say hi to Ernest. I will. For us from Nick and myself. And uh, yeah, just thank you for everything you're doing and being so willing to share and so open with everything. And uh, I'm just so excited for you and the way you're living. I almost, you know, it's who am I to say I'm proud of you? I guess that's a weird thing to say, but I just, I am feel proud of what you're doing. Thank you. So uh, congratulations on everything so far. Thank you. I can't wait to hear hear about the next curveballs that come your way and how you guys (laughs) handle them. Um, And I know we have had several, but we keep moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So if anyone wants to. Follow your journey. You know, is it, is it Instagram, I think you mentioned, okay, or no? So, so I am on Facebook with okay. my name. So okay. is Ernest. Uh, I am okay. on Instagram. I am on Twitter, but I don't really engage in Twitter too much. I okay. find Twitter too distracting. So your name on Facebook? My name on Facebook. Okay. And I do have a blog, and my, my I, I used to call it my little blog, but my blog was actually set up for my family and close friends to follow me. They asked me to do it. It's www.rizelfortado.com. 
R-I-S-E-L F-U-R-T-A-D-O dot com. I am a short, like I write long emails to people, but I'm actually a short blogger. So I try to, not I try to, it's just whatever it is I'm sharing in that moment, I make it mm, like a one or two minute read, yeah. right? So you're in and out and there's usually a picture and this is for family and friends, but the world is welcome to read it. <laughs> How pumped is your mom to go on the next Oh, next she's adventure? very she's excited. excited. <laughs> she is. She can't control her excitement. <laughs> thank you so much, Rizal. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. A huge thank you to Rizal for coming on the podcast, sharing her story, and taking the time out of her busy travels all around the world to do so. You can search up Rizal Furtado and add her on Facebook, as she mentioned, to follow along with her journey. That's Rizal Furtado on Facebook to follow along. Or you can also go to www.rizelfurtado.com to check out her blog and follow along with her journey there as well. And you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com, our big website, and click the big red free investor class button that you'll see there on the homepage to register for the next live training class with Tom and Nick. That's rockstarinnercircle.com and click the big red free investor class button to register for the next live training class with Tom and Nick. They do open Q&A at the end of the class and they specifically talk about how to start having your money work for you so that you can stop working for your money. It's a great class and a great launching point. Go to rockstarinnercircle.com and click that button to do so. Thank you again, Rizel, and we hope to catch you all on the next episode and I guess just a special shout out as well for making it this far in this podcast, but also for following along with the Your Life, Your Term show. This is the 400th episode and we feel very blessed to be able to sit down and have these conversations with so many inspiring people, bring these conversations to you and hopefully make a bigger, broader and positive impact in the world um, from you listening to this and supporting the show. So thank you so much. Let's keep this ride going and we will catch you on the 401st episode. Thanks everyone. Take care.